Thank you for joining us on WQPH 89.3 FM, Shirley Fitchburg, Queen of Perpetual Help, and welcome to another edition of WQPH's Local Matters. Without further ado, we bring you Father John with a discussion about evil, deliverance, and exorcism. Send your holy angels into our midst, surround this whole building, this house, with your angels, cover us with your most precious blood, and our families, who are our friends, we ask you, Lord, to remove anything that may be in the, in the way of the truth, in any way that may be ourselves thinking in a way that is not according to your truth, your revelation. So we ask you, Lord, to bring us into the truth, to know that which is most important in our own lives. And especially, Lord, just teach us whatever you have already included in the Revelation, in the Bible, that we understand exactly what you want to, us to understand, especially regarding spiritual war, warfare, and uh, how to defend ourselves and how to help others. Because we know that we are now in a critical time of war, spiritual war. We ask the Blessed Mother especially to intercede for us. We consider ourselves as children belonging to the Blessed Mother. Dear Mother Mary, we ask you to come with us right here in this meeting and keep our eyes and spirits open to the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed is the fruit of Jesus. In our seminary, we were never really taught about the spiritual warfare. Or, in other words, we, we were taught the right things, doctrine, that there is a devil, angels, heaven, and so on, so on, everything fine. But the fact that we may be involved in, in the kind of a spiritual war, uh, that really never came about. Uh, that there was no such teaching, except just temptation and so on, how to overcome temptation and so on. So after my ordination in 1962, I didn't know anything about that. But it happened that I began to be thrown into situations where I was faced with, it, with all these different things. I didn't know what they were about. I was transferred to Brooklyn for, uh, actually I was there for five years. And in Brooklyn, it was a tremendous school for me. Initiation into all kinds of knowledge, and from experiential knowledge, not just from books, because I had not read these things in the books before. At first, when I uh, heard something about the uh, evil and so on and so on, I just tried to avoid it and go around it. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with it. But uh, gradually, I came to be introduced into situations where I had to do something about it. The Blessed Mother protected me from uh, somehow getting deceived and getting into these things because even when I was about 15 years old, uh, there was an attempt to get me into these Rosicrucians, uh, which was a, a form of, uh, of the, what are called Freemasons, the, all this kind of stuff that's against the church and so on. I, I'm just going to mention a few things. Uh, from my experience. My knowledge came through experience, through situations, not from the books. 
but later on I supplemented some of that in, in the, from, the, from the books as well. So when I finished uh, my stay in Brooklyn, after, actually after my ordination, but later we had, um, I'll just give you a few examples. When I began to learn about the, uh, the different, different um, way that Satan works in a kind of a hidden way, affecting people, I began to learn how to apply that in my own life. And this is what we have to learn to do, to apply that. First, there was one time when I was transferred from, uh, from Brooklyn to Toronto, Canada, for one year. There, I came in touch with a lot of the Protestant ministers that were really preaching to people, 40,000 people at one time. Big, big shots. So one time I, I um, noticed that there was on uh, College Street, there was uh, one minister by the name of uh, Maxwell White. He was quite known. So I, since we had a prayer group of people in our parish, and I, I would be like ministering to them, to them, I asked the, the leader of that prayer group, another man, a Lithuanian, I said, I, I got to learn more about these things. So I, in order not to go secretly, I called that minister on the phone. I said, I'm a Catholic priest. I said, would you mind if I come over and observe what you are doing? Oh, no, oh, I won't mind it. <laughs> so I went there with my friend. And when we went into the, into the church, Baptist, I'm not sure what it was. Maybe it was kind of a, I don't know what they, they have the names of that. So I saw them, this minister at work, and you know, he preached. He, he reminded me of a, of a sergeant. <laughs> like this, you know. I said, oh. So then he said, those of you who wish to, uh, to have demons cast out of you, go downstairs, I, my deacons are going to be helping them. I said to my friends, let's go downstairs to see what they're doing. <laughs> scary. Yeah. Well, I was very, I was always curious, very curious. But the Blessed Mother was protecting me all the time, all the time. So I went down there. And some of these deacons came and in the name of Jesus, get out! No, you spirit of lust, get out of that! I said, oh, let's get out of here before they can into to us. <laughs> so I went upstairs and I saw some of the books written by Maxwell Weiss. Well, I bought some of those books. And I began to read on that. I said, well, all right, okay. Then uh, I uh, was in um, kind of a, one of the Lithuanian uh, ladies there came for help. I'm always willing to help. But well, that was my weakness, because then they can take advantage of you. So I began to spend a lot of time with her, talking and talking and talking, because I discovered that she really needed a tremendous amount of help. She belonged to a coven of witches, a kind of a cult. She was suicidal, trying to commit suicide. She was an alcoholic. And, uh, you know, so I said, well, I tried to help her. Counseling doesn't even help anything because she was under the influence of the evil one. So uh, one time, one time I uh, said, well, let me do something that, that I have seen the others do or, or read. In the name of Jesus, I began to react. And then at one moment, 
She was like this. She looked at me, she said, who are you? So like, some, some other entity was in her. I said, oh, oh I got in trouble now. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. And then finally, when I began to talk a little more, then she got back again. Because, is there anybody else? This is it. So I tried to ask for advice from these uh, Protestant ministers. And one time, I uh, came to a bunch of them. I said, uh, why did you pray over me? Well, they began to pray over me. My goodness. Uh, then I got to know a, a grand Protestant minister that was very, very, very kind of approachable, very nice, very spiritual person, very good. I said he seemed to have a lot of, input, a lot of experience in, in deliverance. So I asked him, I said, can you help me deliver this uh, woman? And as, uh, she didn't know what I was asking him. She began to react. The very fact that I was asking him for help. He came over. He began to command her different things. And I was standing there praying. She began to react. And at one point, she went like this on the wall, with a finger there, like that. Nothing happened to her. I mean, it's just that she began to react. And he kept on saying and saying things, that commanding him. Nothing was happening. Then he said, brother, you take over. <laughs> so, well, okay, okay, yeah, I will take over. I began to say to you all kinds of things, and all that. nothing was happening. And then he said, I think I know why. Because the, the evil spirit was in her, but it is not okay because deep inside she still wanted that to remain there. So the, the whole key is one's own will. One's own will. Because the, everything re, uh, goes right around that, key, that free will. And then we left it at that. That's one experience that I learned something. Then there were other, things, other experiences and so on. And then when I, uh, one year later, my provincial called me and he said, you have to come back here. We are starting our formation of newcomers and so on. You have to be in here. And uh, our cook was a tremendous cook, Bernice Mamauskas. She was Lithuanian, real good cook, uh, and, uh, but, but very devout too. I, I taught her many, many things. And she, because of her faith, she really began to experience something. For example, in, in the guest house, which was uh, at that time a, a school, she would cook for, for the whole school. She said, suddenly in the room where there was a walk-in refrigerator or the refrigerator, suddenly there were some very, very large flies all over the place. And uh, she, she said that uh, she learned from me. She began to use the holy water. <laughs> and they all disappeared. They all disappeared. Then she was actually asked to come to Florida, St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, there's a Lithuanian community over there. She would cook for about 400 people over there. Now these are Lithuanian people. Lithuania was the last country in Europe to be Christianized. Lithuanians were pagans, probably because they were so stubborn. 
began to talk in a way that people could have really admired in your voice. When you began to talk, everybody began to laugh. I said, this is, this is nonsense. The Lord makes up their language, just like in Babylon. Oh, wow. wow. You see, you see that, that is important. When you use the holy water, you have to do that with faith, really knowing what is, what is happening. Beautiful, wonderful things uh, a lot of times. You can, you can, you can see there how your faith really is active in many, many instances. Very, very important. For example, I, um, there was one uh, a long time ago. With one priest from Athol, Massachusetts, he uh, came with a young man. That was about probably 28 or 30. He had been in Vietnam as a, as a soldier, but he uh, he was really affected terribly. He was not Catholic, but he was holding the rosary in one hand and the rosary in the other hand. <laughs> he was holding the rosaries. So wow. My, but and immediately I sensed that he was overflowing with evil spirits because he, he accumulated a lot of that in the war that in Vietnam and so on. And uh, he didn't really know what to do. So with the little knowledge, they, that's why they say a little knowledge is uh, very harmful because that when you have little knowledge and you think you already know or not, you might do something that would not be very, very good. But anyway, at that time, I didn't know that much. But I said I had to do something. So I, I said to that young man, I said, let's go into another room somewhere where there's nobody around. I thought I was going to cast out all these evil spirits from him. <laughs> because I, I observed how the Protestants did, did, and I read the books, and I said, well, maybe that's the way to do it. But it's not that simple. Just like performing an operation, you don't perform an operation and let the person go. The person has to heal. So anyway, I brought him to that room, and I said, wait a while here, and then I went out, I got some things. I came in, believe me, I felt almost physically fear in that room. There was so much fear. Who was it? What am I getting into this kind of thing? I regret it. And then suddenly, I felt the authority of the Lord within me. When I began to feel that fear, that demon in that young man sensed that I said fear. He wanted to, like a, he's like a bully coming after me. He said, don't look at me, you'll be sorry. Don't look at me, you'll be sorry. But when I felt that authority of the Lord, I turned to him and said, you look at me. Oh, oh. Huh. good one. He said, I can't, I can't, there's so much goodness there. I can't, yeah. I can't. <laughs> you see, but that's he's a bully. So when you are not afraid of him, you show that you have authority behind you. Jesus. Jesus. But I couldn't help that young man because he had to leave the same day. And uh, for something like that, you need a, a repeated kind of thing once in a while. I'm not talking about exorcism. Exorcism is uh, with the bishop's permission, and this is more serious where the person is really possessed. But deliverance is when, they are, when the evil one takes over a certain part of your life, let's say in your emotions, or in certain one emotion, fear, when he instills fear or something. And the thing is that the demon 
that the devils work on you in such a way that you sometimes cannot really discern that because you might think it's a natural thing. Like, for example, certain psychological aberrations, they may be real psychological things, but he is able to imitate it in such a way that he can be doing that, and yet nobody will do anything about that spiritually. And a lot of times, psychologists will not get anywhere, or, or medical doctors, like Dr. McCall, for example, who wrote Healing the Family Tree. He found that he couldn't do anything medically to somebody, and then he began to pray, and he found out that it's a spiritual thing. So he was, he was an um, army surgeon in England, and uh, a lot of doctors who couldn't do anything with a certain person, they would send them to him. Mm -hmm. And he began to, he actually wrote the, the book called Healing the Family Tree, and then Father Hemsch wrote Healing Your Family Tree. Uh, all kinds of things, the family, the uh, things that are passed down from generation to generation. Like in 1972-73, uh, I, I learned in Brooklyn, uh, there was a certain family, probably Irish. The name was Brady. But the man was tremendous, he had tremendous faith, yeah. tremendous faith. They, they were in the same prayer group that I was in, and they began to ask me certain questions I couldn't answer, because I didn't know much about it, that, 1972-73. And then they actually uh, asked me to, invited me to their home, and I, we had a meal, and we, uh, I had permission from them to record whatever they were saying. And they said that, uh, their daughter, Maureen, I believe, when they were in Ireland yet, she was still a very small child yet, she had problems. They took them to the doctors, to the psychiatrist, and they didn't know what was the problem. And when they came to the United States, they began to, uh, and she grew 15, 16 years old, 17 years old. She couldn't keep a job or anything else. She, she was really in terrible condition. This so they asked me what to do. I said, I don't know. I was just beginning to learn these things. So then I said, well, there, there's, a, there's a priest by the name of Father McNutt. Uh, he, I knew him from before. He was a Dominican. And he was a little more knowledgeable about these things. But I said, he is in St. Louis, Missouri. And we were in New York. So, so they called him. And he said, well, I can't, I can't come over and never do that. Then they went to the... Uh, Chancery to the bishop, and they said, "Well, well, well uh, they they didn't know what to do." So finally, in desperation, what did, they did avoid the bad thing, but that brought about the solution. The bad thing was that they went to a medium, <laughs> and yeah, these mediums, you know, they on the King's Highway in Brooklyn, many of them, and some of them. They deceive you by having a cross on the wall, uh, sacred hearts, things like rosary and so on. So they went to the, the, her, they said, what's going on? She said, well, for so and so much money, you know, they, they have to give money. I will tell you, she knew. She said there was a curse placed on the youngest in the family three or four generations before, uh, before them. 
and there was the ancestors. And she was one of those that was cursed in that case. They didn't know what to do. Mm. So then they went to the diocese. Diocese, they said, well, we don't, we don't believe in these things, you know. <laughs> the, the one that was the regular sister. And uh, I mean, this man was in desperation. So that, that's when, I, when, when Father McNutt told them, he said, I can't come over, but I know somebody who can help you with this. And the, but that person is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. His name is Derek Prince. You may have heard, heard of him. Mm -hmm. He was a Protestant minister yeah. who himself, when he was in, I believe it was in the Foreign Legion, I think, or something, when he was in Africa also, and he developed a certain kind of a skin disease. He said that he didn't know what to do with it. He couldn't be healed. And he said, when he began to read the Bible, the Bible that healed him, the Word of God. And that's how he got involved in this. So they, this uh, Mr. Grady went to Philadelphia and Derek Prince said, oh, you can do that yourself. Because he saw the faith that he had. Mr. Grady was tremendous faith. All right. So they came over and they took the, 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 their daughter to the basement, sat down and she said, say the name of Jesus. She said, she couldn't pronounce the name Jesus. She couldn't say it. And he kept on insisting and all that. And when, when everything was just made loose like that, the devils left her and she ended up with a tremendous amount of gifts from the Lord. You know, they were just revealed. She was freed. She was freed. Those are the ways that I learned about these things. So instead of helping them, I was uh, helped myself <laughs> to learn. I don't know what happened to them after, but uh, these are some of the experiences that uh, I had. Uh, in this, this um, when I was in Canada, in Toronto, then I was in Quebec, Montreal. This woman was uh, under that influence of evil. When I, uh, she was about like, uh, over there, and I began to command the evil spirit. First, you bind it, and then begin to command it. She reacted, she began to throw dishes at me. <laughs> <laughs> but none of them hit me. They all went like this. <laughs> yeah, nice. the, the, the angels, the angels just... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you see, and uh, before, go, before going to Montreal, I found out that there was one parish in Montreal that was English-speaking, not French. So I, uh, his name was Father Paul Trouvé. And I had to conduct a retreat in one of the parishes that were, was the Lithuanian parish in Montreal, St. Casimir's. So I said, hey, this is a good opportunity. I called this exorcist. He was an exorcist of the diocese, also Father Paul Trouvé. I called him. I said, I want to find out if I'm on the right track, if I'm doing the right things. So I called him, I made a reservation with him. And I went over there, I went to see him. And he, uh, I spent a half hour talking with him. And he said, you're right on. He said, all these things. But he also added something else. He said, there was one other thing. For example, incense. If you bless the incense, people breathe in. And that really affects wherever they are. And uh, so Father Paul Sauvé, I asked him, I said, how long have you been exorcist? 
10 years. How many exorcisms have you performed in all that time? He said, one. <laughs> How many deliverances? About 6,000. Wow. wow. Yeah. He said that as soon as he was assigned by the bishop to be exorcist of the diocese, he went blind. Oh, wow. The devil just simply reacted to a kind of a retaliation in a dance, made him blind. But he didn't uh, really panic or something. He said he knew those prayers by heart and all that. He said, I said those prayers and came out again. Thank you for listening to another edition of WQPH's Local Matters. We hope you enjoyed the broadcast and hope you have a blessed week.